Sean Sewell with Engagement.com podcast. Very honored, very grateful, and very stoked to have back on for the second time my mentor, mentor to a lot of you out there, Brett Jones. Welcome back, Brett. Sean, great to be on again. Just wonderful to have the chance to uh, talk to you and your audience again. Well, we all appreciate that. The last episode was a bunch of wisdom. We covered a lot of great territory, and uh, I had four pages of notes just from the last one. I have two pages of notes going into this one. And I'm sure I'll miss it. And our, our friend, our friend Sven, will pick up the notes for us and um, help us out. Sven, congrats to you too, man. You're awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Just, um, don't, just don't, just don't make him angry. Don't make the German angry. No. <laughs> I don't know how you could. He's the nicest guy I've ever met, at least virtually. Just to to totally inside joke. Um, <laughs> and I know somewhere in, in Germany, there's uh, a very large, strong guy laughing at the term Lufthansa. <laughs> so that's, that's a joke for Sven. So Perfect. Well, he'll, he'll appreciate that. <laughs> oh, this is good. Um, well, brief recap. On the first episode, we went into uh, Brett's history. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but 19 years of teaching with Pavel. Is that correct as of this year? Uh, eight. Uh, yes. Uh, no, um, 18. 18. In 19, working with the kettlebell. Yes. So I, my old yeller, the kettlebell from some of my uh, Instagram videos, mm -hmm. is uh, turning 20 this year. So I received that kettlebell in late 2001. I got certified with Pavel in uh, February of 2002, his second ever cert. And then I was invited to start teaching with him in April of 03. Wow. So kind of, you know, and, and I love to fast forward because saying 20 years sounds way better than 19 and saying yes. 19 sounds better than 18. But uh, the, those are the, those are the dates. Well, you're, you're OG, like original, <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say, which, which means that term is no longer cool. And they will have, they will come out with some other term uh, for that. I'm sure they have Brett. And if we don't know about it, they're, they're all happy about that. That's great. Oh, um, so there's been quite a bit of evolution with uh, teaching kettlebells and um, and coaching and being a leader, uh, director of education with Strong First. And um, what are some of your favorite progressions or adaptations? I know the revisions on the SFG manual are up in the 20s now, right? Yeah, I think we're on like actually about the 33rd uh, edition total. Wow. Um, so it's been, you know, Pavel... Um, did you see the, I'm sure you saw the, um, Alex Hunold, the, uh, the free solo. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good enough, isn't. Mm -hmm. And we're always, that's kind of the, the mantra within progressing the curriculum. Good enough. Isn't how can we do it better? How can we do it in fewer steps? What's the next progression? Uh, you're going to see some changes in the snatch progression coming up, uh, based off of some work that I've done with, uh, Tim Almond. Yes. And, um, you know, um, we're always just seeking that little bit better path, that better cue, you know, a, a tip drill or technique that can uh, move us forward. Um, still teaching the same basic six at the level one. Uh, we're not uh, changing exercises. We, we are an inch wide mile deep. Very much. Well, I'm excited about the new snatch. Uh, Doc Hartle mentioned that as well. And Sven did too. Um, yeah, I'd love to learn that new technique. And it's a testament to you guys always evolving and finding best practices and then teaching those best practices so us um, in the field can help other people be more effective um, and safer. Yes. So always the goal uh, is to, and, and that's 
kind of the difference in, in being uh, an instructor certification and we're, we're intent on doing better all the time uh, for our instructors. And um, that's, uh, I mean, I've, like we just talked about, I've been teaching with Pavel for quite a few years and that's always been the drive. And, you know, the very early certifications uh, we would spend sometimes four to six hours on the first day just getting people's hips open enough to where they could swing and squat effectively. Yeah. Um, and so that's, for, you know, fast forward quite a few years. And now people come in and it's rare to find somebody who can't squat uh, pretty much rock bottom and, and doesn't, hasn't achieved some sort of uh progression and, and, you know, that they're, they're more prepared, more ready to take on the challenge. And uh, so um, I, I'm going to give us and give Pablo a lot of credit within that, that category that, uh, you know, um, we had an influence. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. And I, I learned from, from you in 17 and I actually picked up my 36 kilo in honor of you at that cert. Thanks to you. <laughs> and awesome. I love it. it. And it's always inspiring every certification we go to and the revisions, the new coaching techniques, the professionalism. And I'm, if I'm pitching strong first, I am pitching strong first because I recommend to anybody out there who takes education and coaching seriously, not even if you can be a fitness professional, but just for your own best practices or for your family's best practices. It, it's the best school out there. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, and it's wonderful uh, not only to have you part of the, uh, part of the community and, and part of our cadre, but uh you know, to, to have the chance to, to speak about it in, in forums like this is always a, a great opportunity. And, um, you know, we're, you know, it's, we're, we're quiet professionals, but uh, we're also not, uh, not afraid to say, we, we're pretty good at this. <laughs> We're fine. We've been doing this for a long time. Sure. Well, here, here's a deep question for you. Uh, we talked about in the last podcast, um, your path, but what, drew you to health, wellness, and fitness in the first place? So a um, couple of things. Uh, number one, I had a great example from my father. Um, at a certain point, my dad uh, quit smoking, gained weight, and then decided that he was going to, uh, to get fit. <clears throat> and part of that was getting up quarter to five, five o'clock in the morning, going to the gym, um, running, lifting weights, uh, has, a, has a guy that he's a friend of his that he's been training with for the last uh, 40 years, 40, 45 years. Um, so, you know, they've, and, and obviously that's morphed over the years. My dad's going to be 75, uh, 76 this year. Um, I, I think it's always funny that I can't pin down the exact year. I'm close, <laughs> 75, 76. Um, and he has some orthopedic issues and some, some things like that, but uh, still gets out hikes, trains on his own uh, at the house and, you know, obviously with pandemic and things like that. So I, I just had a, a great example uh, from my dad. And then I wrestled in junior high and high school. And that certainly kicked off uh, an interest in strength training and, and fitness and uh, things of that nature. Uh, went to school for sports medicine, athletic training, uh, keeping me kind of around athletics and things like that. Of course, it also meant that I was uh, uh, too busy doing other things to take care of my own training. Um, the great excuse. Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of came back to it. Um, I, I like to say I've gained and lost the same 20 pounds quite a few times uh, <laughs> over the years. And, um, you know, I would 
take on some sort of fitness avenue, get busy, lose it, you know, and then uh, when I finally transitioned really into the fitness industry um, on uh, for uh, profession from athletic training, which would have been 97, um, you know, I, uh, I obviously got pretty serious about it. Uh, by the time I heard about Pavel and decided to take, take on the certification in February of 02, uh, I had been training uh, pretty well for a few years there. And uh, so it's just kind of this, it, it was always kind of headed that direction, so to speak. And uh, like I said, I just had some great examples from my father and from, you know, wrestling and, and being around athletics and things of that nature. Oh, that's great. I love that. So your father set a great example for you to pursue. That That's awesome. Yes. And look at you now. <laughs> very involved in the community. Very. <laughs> Rather. Uh, but, but that's been, you know, I used to, years ago, I used to, I felt kind of funny saying, you know, in the, in the, in the kettlebell community, mm -hmm. but I, I don't feel funny saying that anymore. I mean, we're, like I said, we're, you know, close to 20 years down the road and um, it's the, the community aspect is something that's always been uh, attractive to me and something that uh, has been very, very interesting. Um, you know, people, um, people enter this community. Um, they, change their careers. They become trainers because they have this experience with the, with the kettlebell and with strong first, uh, and with Pavel. And, um, so that's, that's a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And we have some high standards and expectations. Um, we have very few rites of passage in our society, uh, nowadays. Um, mm -hmm. they're just not, they're just not around. Um, um I don't want to go down the partition participation trophy road, yeah. but, uh, you know, we, we just don't have a lot of rites of passage, uh, at least, um, positive rites of passage. And, um, I, we still have that. We still expect a certain level of, of performance and, um, that, that I think that sets us apart and provides an experience that people lack, uh, in general in their, in their daily lives. Yeah, that's well stated. And you're right. I've gone through a lot of certifications and a lot of them simply by showing up or testing out in a, in a written test or something, um, you qualify. But with Strong First, uh, there are strict and there's a, a worksheet. <laughs> there's strict and you have a lot of eyes on you. Not just one person, you've got a lot of eyes on you. And it's to your benefit. It's not just like you said, a rite of passage, but you want to be coached by the best to be the best version of yourself to help other people. Definitely. Um, you know, one of, one of our principles and one of the things we teach is safety is part of proper performance. And so in order to do that, we check to make sure that the person in front of us can execute the drill to a certain standard. Um, obviously, that blueprint looks different on different individuals, right? Um, I had a famous coach tell me uh, in reference to powerlifting one time that I'm not built to do anything. And what, what he meant was I'm not built to specialize in any one thing. You know, I don't have long arms, uh, short torso that would move me towards deadlifting being uh, advantageous. My arms are not, so they're not long enough for deadlifting, but they're too long for benching. <laughs> and I just kind of have this general frame. And I was, I, I think my results in powerlifting, some of the things I've done in my life would kind of uh, bear that out. So that, that blueprint that we have for what uh, a, a passing swing looks like, obviously that can look different depending on the individual. So we do have a, a good bit of individualization within the standards. We don't want to lose the student uh, in the standards, but that, you know, 
equal to that, if not above it, is the ability to coach it. And so over the course of the certification weekend, you're working with your team, you're working with your partner, partners, and you're uh, coaching, you're learning, you're, you're getting your coach's eye to uh, spot things. And that's a um, quick side note. Um, I, I, I found, and over the years, there's an old saying, uh, in the amateur's mind, there are many options, and in, in the expert's mind, there are few. And I've kind of come down that path myself. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not an expert. Uh, an, an ex is a has been an expert was a one-time uh, event. So, you know, I'm I'd, I'd not, not going to go down that, that path. I'm, I'm still learning, growing, developing and, and myself. Um, <laughs> but online, lots of people asking for, you know, check my form, do this. Um, I will usually try to spot one thing, maybe two. And I will try to give as simple a cue as I can give. Uh, for example, stand up tall at the finish of your swing. How tall are you? Uh, six foot. Be six foot at the finish of your swing. Um, simple direct cues versus the, and, I, and I've done this in the past. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've come through the overanalyzation and the spotting the 10 things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully I've come to the point where the one thing that will lead to a lot of other change and, and something simple for someone to focus on is, is where, where we want to go uh, as instructors, where I try to go. And so online, it's very funny. Um, I will respond to somebody's request for help and I will give a, a cue or a thing to change. And I, I think it confuses people. I think they're, they're expecting the, the, the testing standard sheet to be, to be brought out. Um, just somebody asking for help on the internet. So, Oh, I love it. it and it's so true. And I think any blessing to this, who is a coach, sometimes less is more just like you said, that one cue, that one coaching bit, and, and especially not when they're actually doing the exercise, right? But like break it down. What's that one thing that'll improve them the, the most bang for the buck. And you're, you're really good. I actually learned that from you. Like, and like you, um, I used to verbal diarrhea, just go through the checklist of stuff. And it, you watch people just glaze over. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so it takes a really good coach like yourself, like to have that coach's eye, see the, the minutia, tweak it, get better. Yeah, catch uh, at certs and, and, you know, from a teaching perspective, I, I, I think of it as upriver and downriver uh, sort of conversations. Uh, you might be catching the effect, the downriver, mm-hmm. but can you spot the cause? what's coming from upriver. And um, that is a, a key thing as an instructor um, because it's, it's one thing to spot the, the effect, the downriver thing that you see, but you got to be able to find the upriver cause and getting to the cause, you, you can fix three other things that are down the river. And so that's, that's the focus as, as an instructor and where we want to develop that coach's eye and be able to see that X is happening, but I need to fix Y. Ooh, that's that's a good segue. Is this where something like the FMS would be applicable to find? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Clear the baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, quite simply, do you move well enough to have a positive response to the things I'm going to ask you to do? That's that's number one. And I think if everybody sits there, and, and I've, I've had a couple different conversations on this over the last couple months. I think if everybody sits there and thinks of a time when they tried to get fit, and for those of you not watching on video, I just did air quotes. Uh, So so I'm a big air quotes guy, so you're going to see this a few times. Um, So think about one of those times that you tried to get fit and you stopped. 
for whatever reason, didn't feel good, achy knee, sore back, just weren't enjoying what you were doing. That may be because you didn't clear the baseline. Uh, you were taking on something that required ankle mobility and you don't have mobile ankles. So finding that at the start, mobilizing those ankles and then going into those activities and things that require good ankle mobility, uh, much better pathway. So rather than watching somebody perform, pardon me, and then trying to decide, um, seeing something wrong and then and quotation marks around wrong i know that's a it's a tough term nowadays yeah um seeing something wrong and then trying to say well ah, is it a technique issue is it uh is it a movement issue is it well let's just take the movement issues off the table let's just make sure you clear baseline and so that's that's where i really focus on that and um you know i i, <laughs> I have a a relatively new student who uh um, a little while back, he sends me an email and he's, he says, just so we're clear, I hate everything you're having me do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay with that yeah, you need to because <laughs> I, I know the direction we're going. I see the results. I, I, I saw the change and, and where we headed. Well, not two weeks later, he sent me a, another email and was like, what have you done to me? Like, I, I feel great. Everything's progressing. You know, da, 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 we're, we're definitely, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, yep. And remember, two weeks ago, you hated everything I was having you do. And so, and that's eh, human nature, right? Yeah. We love to focus on things we're good at. We don't like to confront things we're not good at. But that's where the benefits are going to be and clearing that baseline and moving forward. I love it. That's great. In the to speak to that in, in a lot of detail as well. I start working with people and they're like, why are we doing these things I don't like to do? Like you said, because you need to. And the next thing you know, and I love these kind of testimonies like your, your new person has. My person um, hasn't taken NSAIDs in, in six weeks. We've worked together for seven weeks. And I'm like, perfect. Movement first. <laughs> Just move well. Right. Good pattern. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, uh, and instead of assuming, check it. Mm hmm. Pretty, pretty simple, I think. Yeah, same simple. <laughs> That's how we have jobs doing this. <laughs> it was great. And you, you touched on this a little bit too on a great show, Chris and Mike's show. Fantastic podcast. Uh, check it out. And um, you were on there. Um, it was Breakthrough Secrets. Is that the name? Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Chris and Mike, great job with what you're doing over there. And in that, you, you brought up a really good topic of getting really good with a lighter weight. Cause I know a lot of people want to keep progressing, but you brought up a really good point. And it made me think a lot about when I get injured and I, I should have listened to his advice years ago, it, the tissue adaptation takes longer than the strength adaptation because it's more neurological, right? Correct. Uh, especially when we're starting into a new activity, new exercise, uh, things of that nature, those neurological adaptations will outpace tissue adaptation. And, you know, I've experienced this several times over the last few years, right? Because um, I am not a garage kept single owner that was only driven to church. I uh, have accumulated mileage on the chassis, uh, most recently with, you know, cancer diagnosis and treatment and um, coming up on a year, actually, since uh, the end of treatment. Uh, we're past a year since diagnosis and coming up on a year since the end of treatment. And uh you keep collecting those anniversaries and knocking down those uh, milestones. But um, in restarting, and I, we may have talked about this on, on a previous podcast and 
uh, or somebody's heard me mention it uh, before, but I lost over 40 pounds in the course of treatment. Um, I really, um, the end of the end of the seven weeks of treatment and the upwards of 10 weeks after uh, were rough. Um, it was, you know, I, I tend to minimize and, and, uh, and say, oh yeah, it was a journey. Um, it, it was rough. Yeah. Um, it was, it was hard and, in restarting my training, um, I understand strength. I understand tension techniques. I have a background and, and an ability to produce force and especially coming out of it, an experience like that, where I, I was very, uh, worn down, degraded, uh, wasted away. Um, I could neurologically, mentally, I could produce more force than I could handle. And so I really uh, had to, and, and um, you know, shout out to my wife who uh, knew that knows this about me, <laughs> and said, "Don't lift more than this." And I listened, and um, you know, rebuilt my strength um, over a period of time, to the point now where I'm I'm almost back to pre-treatment uh, strength levels, and uh, and feeling very good, and um, holding a steady weight, and and. Um, uh, all of those things. And so, yeah, that's the, it's kind of a well-established thing that the first uh, six to eight weeks of a strength training program, your adaptations are going to be primarily neurological. You're learning to coordinate the muscles better. You're firing better. You're able to, uh, it's like learning how to drive a stick, right? You go from jerking back and forth and, and, and making everybody's neck sore uh, in the car to driving with some skill. Um, I like to think I'm progressing towards being that formula one driver where you don't feel the gears shift. You just go faster. Right. So there's no, you know, you're not getting jerked when it's just, shoom, you just accelerate. That's kind of how I, I like to think of my strength training is I'm training to be that formula one driver with those really smooth transitions between gears. And so those, that continued neurological progression, um, will, I think outpace the tissue adaptations, uh, ligaments, tendons, um, muscles adapt fairly quickly. Uh, ligaments and tendons tend to take a little bit longer to come along for the ride. Um, but, but just pacing that and understanding and, and people have this experience all the time. Uh, they train at a lightweight mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and then they step into something they used to do and they can do it or even better. They're, they're above a previous PR and they haven't lifted anything close to that. And there's this mental shift that goes, oh, I'm done with that. I'm just going to do this, the new heavy thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going, well, what got you there? Yeah. What? What got you there was this, this really good, solid training. Mm -hmm. So not that it has to always be that but it can't always be the heavy thing either. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of my training right now with about a 36 or 40 kilo load, uh, but I do just as many sessions with a 24 or 32. Gotcha. Um, so I, I vary that load. I have days where I'm just going to knock out some 24 kilo snatches. I can snatch a 32. I can snatch a 36. Mm -hmm. uh, I can also get a great session in with the, with the 24. Absolutely. Um, and so that's, um, obviously that bleeds into about five different training conversations and, uh, waving the load and, and respecting, you know, the, the need to have those variations because that's 
human adaptation. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Waving the load, obviously. And it's cool to hear your weights you're using is inspiring to me because I'm not at the level you're at and you post and everybody can see us publicly on your Instagram handle. I think daily, right? Every session you're doing. Um, no, it, it varies. Uh, but, uh, um, if typically if I train, I put up a video and it's inspiring when I'm lacking, whatever it is I'm lacking to do my training session. I, I watch Brett. I'm like, All right. I'm going after it, Brett. <laughs> That's inspiring. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, um, I, um, have intention of doing a little more, you know, informational sort of things. Um, but I, I think it's also important just to, uh, just to put myself out there. Um, oh. yeah, it, it helps a lot of us. I mean, seriously, I know a lot of people, even in our Denver area that refer to you for inspiration, motivation, technique. Um, so that's appreciated. Thank and you. in that last conversation, we have a few different directions we can approach and I want to approach all three. Um, we, we spoke in the, in the summer, it was a few weeks before you got your test results back from, from your cancer. And since then, can, can we talk about obviously the results and potentially anything you might've learned that might apply to other people going through cancer or other tough situations? Absolutely. So, yeah, I, uh, I think it was August that I had my first, uh, follow-up scans and the, the type of treatment that I had. Uh, which was seven weeks, five days a week radiation. Uh, I was supposed to have three chemo treatments. Um, I made it through two of them. Um, I was in the, in the room getting ready for the third uh, infusion. And my doc walks in and she takes one look at me and she goes, uh, we're not doing this to you today because <laughs> you're going to get worse like this and you're already bad. And I'm like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I meant it like it wasn't one of those like, gee, thanks, uh, doc. It was a thank you so much because I was at a I was a pretty, pretty low point. Um, the pain, the radiation, the, the side effects, it was it was pretty bad. So they wait uh, six months uh, past the end of treatment. Six months, three months, three months. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, now it's all fuzzy. I, it'll come back to me. Um, but you wait that long because the, the radiation is still active for an extended period of time after treatment. And so if you do it too soon, you get false negatives, false, you get false positives and you know, it, it just doesn't work out well. So they did the follow-up PET scan. Um, everything looked fantastic, looked really good. I have had another set of, um, a CT scan and MRI, uh, three months after that. Um, which then put me into a, a six-month rotation. I have my next uh, follow-up scans beginning of May, actually. It's here in a couple of weeks. We, we seem to be on a rotation of uh, coming prior to my, uh, <laughs> my scans. Um, and uh, right now, I am considered NED, no evidence of disease. Yes. And so um, treatment was, was very successful. Um, and... Um, with this type of cancer. So I had a uh, primary tonsillar squamous cell carcinoma. Um, I also have a history of a melanoma, um, which I'm now five years past uh, finding that and having that removed. Um, at that time, I didn't have to have any additional treatment. It was just surgical remove. No, they did a central node biopsy, no spread. Um, so just kind of move forward uh, from that. And uh, with this one, uh, one year is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Two years a bigger, bigger deal. 
if this cancer is going to come back, it'll usually do it within the first two years. And so coming up on a year, got my follow-up scans coming up and uh, you just, uh, you keep knocking, knocking down anniversaries, milestones uh, and keep uh, moving forward. And um, you know, the, I think there's a, <laughs> there's a few different directions we could take as far as the lessons learned and, and things that might, might benefit others. I think that uh, what, and I, in some ways I'm a really bad example. Um, I have uh, a friend of mine, um, he's been open about it. Uh, Mike Perry's beginning um, his cancer journey. He was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer and uh, starting chemo uh, tomorrow, actually. And um, so I very much, uh, my attitude, um, you know, doc, I wake up from surgery for my biopsy. Doc says, you've got cancer, uh, tears. Um, I certainly had, had a reaction, but I very quickly switched to what's the next step. Mm -hmm. So you take this gut punch of this diagnosis and that, that gut punch can come in a million different forms, right? It, it can, it can be an illness. It can be the loss of a loved one. It can be a, a job. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a million different ways that that gut punch can, can come along. And you certainly need to take that moment to uh, let that gut punch settle in. Um, and which is, which is funny because I, I realize looking back in prior to having had cancer, I look back at uh, times where somebody revealed that they had cancer and I said some pretty stupid things from a, from a place of, of, of a good heart and a, and a good well-intentioned statement, but they, they weren't smart things to, to say. And so when people hear someone say they have cancer, their immediate reaction is, well, I, my brother's cousin's uncle had that and they're doing fine now. And you're, you know, you're going to this and you're going to that. and da, 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 da. Yeah. You just took the gut punch of your life. Yeah. You're not in the place to, to receive a positive message. You'll get there. Mm -hmm. um, acknowledging the gut punch is a, is a way better uh, strategy in my opinion. I, I agree. Yeah. And so, you know, moving forward, uh, I, pretty much make a pretty quick switch in my life to what's the next step. And once I identify the next step, I, I focus and I take the next step and the next step and the next step. It's a little bit like the Martian, uh, when in the movie, uh, which I've only seen about 20 times. And, uh, you know, Matt Damon has a, a scene at the end where he's like, you know, you solve the next problem. And if you solve enough problems, you get to come home. Well, you take the next step. And you keep taking steps. And if you keep taking steps, you, you get to come home. And so that's, I think that from a persistence standpoint, which I've always felt was uh, one of the most important um, capacities and, and qualities for someone to have. Uh, I think persistence is, is yet again proven to be that um, most important quality. Um, you know, from, yeah. So I'll, I'll stop. Uh, oh, that, was, that, was, that was very helpful. Uh, thank you for being open about that. Uh, and you're right. Um, I've been on 
in the caretaker ring, we talk about this on and off record, and you've been a very big support in my life as well. And I, and I appreciate you for that. Uh, getting sure. that gut punch. Um, like my both parents being created cancer, my sister brain cancer. And like you take that, you're like, boy, this is unpleasant. But then like you, you know, you let it sit in and then what's the next step? Is there a next step or do we need to go into palliative or like, what is, what is the next step? And um, just keep moving forward. And thank you for being open about that. It's yeah, it is. And I'll reach out to Mike Perry as well to wish him the best, but yeah. And, and also a person who's not gone through something like this before. And like you and myself, I, before I had gone through this, I didn't know what to say. You say something positive and uplifting out of a good place, right? Not malicious. You just try and be supportive. But now that you've been through it in a big way and you, you've been open about sharing it, it's been very helpful and inspiring to a lot of people. So I, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And anniversaries collecting the anniversaries. <laughs> that's yeah. Awesome. That's uh, that's a big one as you move forward. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, speaking of moving forward, um, you got your second shot. I'm getting my second shot. My wife and I here in a few weeks moving forward as a society, I'm so excited. Uh, one of my favorite things is going to be getting to host and attend courses. Do you have anything on your calendar or what are you looking forward to, to participating, to coaching, leading? All of the above. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have a four-hour uh, foundations course coming up here in Pittsburgh on May 16th. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, we'll be the, the gym that we're holding it at. And, the you know, since we're an educational event and, and the things that we're doing, um, you know, we uh, will be masked, will be appropriate. The, the gym has passed all of their safety inspections with the flying colors and they've got it nailed down. They're doing a great job. It's uh, faster in, in uh, Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I like teaching. Uh, I like being up in front of people. I like teaching. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to, to that, uh, supposed to be in Costa Rica in beginning of July. Um, not sure where that one's going to be because CDC keeps saying, don't, <laughs> don't travel, uh, internationally. And, um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And then, uh, supposed to be in France in uh, November. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to teaching, to being up in front of folks again. And uh, I, I have discovered over the last year of not traveling, um, now well over a year, year and a half of not traveling, um, or yeah, year and a third. Anyway, um, that my OCD does kick in at a certain point. Like, I, that was the wrong number. Um, 42. The answer is 42. Uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Uh, I have my towel right over here. And, um, so the, um, yeah, I, I don't like traveling, um, you know, I, post treatment and everything and, and getting to work out again. Um, I've been more consistent on a training routine than I've had been able to be in the last close to 20 years because, you know, I started traveling and teaching in 03 and uh, that kicked in hardcore in about 2005, 2006. And uh, from 2006 for about seven years, I was knocking down 30 plus trips a year. Um, and then beyond that, it was, I scaled back to uh, 24 or 25 trips a year. And so I've accumulated a 
good number of miles uh, over the years and travel was uh, not fun <laughs> and it knocks you out of your routine. And I, I used to wonder what people were talking about when they're like routine. I'm like routine. Like my routine is home, travel, home, travel, home, travel, home, travel, uh, good luck sticking to a routine. And now that I've had the chance, man, I got to say, I like having a routine. <laughs> yeah. It's great to have a routine. Yeah. That's a lot of travel too. And I think we talked about this on the last podcast about, um, people being working from home a whole lot more, like a lot more, uh, and more consistency and a lot more personal records, right? Like, cause you're, you're consistent with the training. Uh, my fridge is just right there. I can make a nice meal <laughs> you know? yeah. I have to go somewhere. Uh, yeah. And our dogs have a new routine and I have a new routine. My wife has a new routine. She's on the other side of the wall right now working her HR job. And it has been a lot of things positive about the whole COVID situation, which sounds weird to say, no, but there's plenty of like your positives, like consistency and, and you're putting up these consistent videos of your progress that inspire other people. And we're all making the most of this. And also this more virtual uh, connection too. like doing this podcast has been a lifesaver for me personally. I get to, to talk to friends, I get to talk to mentors and you get to share these messages that help people and help them feel like they belong to a bigger community, which I think we all want to feel part of a community and even virtually it's still pretty dang effective. Well, I get confused now when I'm on an audio phone call. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to have audio phone calls. I'm like, where are you? I can't see you. Um, so I, I've gotten very used to, uh, to and, I, and I was offering, uh, we had talked about this for a second before we started the podcast. You know, I started offering online training um, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually tried to do it initially when I moved from San Diego back to Pittsburgh. And at that time, the video options were not great. Yeah. Not, they weren't solid. Fast forward a few years, video options became much better. And so my opportunity to coach and teach and cue and do things uh, virtually uh, took that jump forward with the technology. And um, so I... I, I thought it was funny years ago when uh, certain pundits would say, you know, poo-poo online training and, and how poor it was. And then they were coming out with products on how to do online training within a couple months of the pandemic. And uh, so, which kudos for making a quick pivot and, uh, and getting some information out there. Um, but yeah, I think the, the ability to connect, uh, you know, we are very visual. We are, um, just being able to see the the facial expressions, the the intonations, uh, things of that nature. Um, so much of communication is nonverbal, and this helps helps fill in that gap. It doesn't fully fill it in. Uh, there is something different about being in person, obviously. Um, but yeah, the virtual options are, um, uh, to your point, have been lifesavers. Um, yeah. Family connection uh, were uh, sixteen months out of being able to see uh, my father-in-law who's uh, going to be 95 this year. Um, and we want to get up there and we want to see him, um, hence vaccination and you know, things of that nature. And, um, and, but we've been able to do zoom calls with him and, uh, you know, he just loves being able to see everybody and, and it's just been great uh, for him. I'm glad to hear that. It, it has been great. At first it was kind of weird, but, uh, I'm learning to love it. I, at least half my business now is virtual and it's cool because you've been doing this for a long time. It's newer to me. I only did it if a person was out of state or like can't, couldn't come to me in person, but now it offers up, you can serve anybody in the world and 
you know, with, with decent audio and video, not a whole big investment, got some lighting, you can present a really high quality service. The sky's the limit. I, I'm looking forward to continuing this for my business, at least, even when things open back up in a bigger way. I, I think people are going to expect it. I, I expect moving forward that what's going to happen is, and, and you can pin this to a gym or you can pin this to a personal training service. Um, I expect that people are going to look at their, their schedule and they're going to go, nah, I can make it in twice this week and I'm going to do one online. Yeah. Or that may flip the next week where I'll do two online and I can only make it in once. And people have realized that home is an option totally. that you can make this work, but yet there, there, you know, group exercise has been one of the dominant trends in fitness for like the last 20 years mm -hmm. plus years, um, which means it's no longer a trend. It's a, <laughs> it's a set thing, hopefully. Um, but it's because of the interaction. It's because of that group nature. Um, and we crave that we, you know, not everybody wants personal training, but they want group interaction. Um, and, you know, within a class setting that becomes things like, uh, Oh, you know, Bob and Jane, where have you guys been? You've been, you've been loafing and not, not doing your training and you know, ha ha, we were on vacation, but you know, you get the back and forth, but, but you know that somebody was like, Hey, they noticed Bob and Jane weren't there. And so that it's the cheers effect, right? And you want to go where everybody knows your name. And, uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot to that. Oh, I love it. it again, being part of a community, right? That's a huge yeah. element. Um, our motto at our gym existence athletics is education, adventure, community. And, those are important to us, right? Education, doing things right. Adventure, we're very outdoor focused. And community, we're all in, again, it's group classes, but it's also group events. You know, when, mm -hmm. before things were closed down, we would have, you know, chili cook-offs, we'd have a uh, snow, um, snowshoe trekking, hiking. I do the winter camping and split boarding, got the split board right there. Yeah, it just, whatever <laughs> it takes to get outside and have fun, right? That's, that's our MO. And community, like you, your point. Yeah. Definitely. Well, um, strength aerobics let's talk about this for a second um yeah the term didn't make sense to me then i watch your videos uh, can you speak a little bit about that and is there something to look forward to from you yes and yes um so yeah the it's i am putting together an ebook that covers uh strength aerobics i'm actually fiddling with a different name uh for it um so we'll we'll see where i end up on that but um yeah, if you, if you talk to an exercise physiologist, mm -hmm. uh, they are going to balk at the idea of strength and aerobics being put together. Right. So there's some, there's some other concepts. Uh, there's a concept called general endurance and potential productivity that I think more accurately represent what you're getting out of a protocol like strength aerobics. And, um, you know, the, for those of you that don't know, you know, it, it's, uh, there was an article uh, by Pavel and, and Alexei Sinart uh, in 2014, I believe, that kind of introduced this. And it was, you know, a clean, a press, a squat, set the bell down, shake it off, clean, a press, a squat, set it down, shake it off. Um, and so I've always, well, always, I've used this sort of protocol for quite a few years. And what happened after, um, and coming back into training after cancer treatment was I realized pretty quickly that I actually needed to rebuild my strength in order to be ready for my ballistics. And it's, it's easy to pick up the bell and start swinging. Um, and, but again, producing power, 
tissues may not be ready for it. I'm, I'm able to overload certain areas. And so strength aerobics allowed me to build my uh, general endurance yeah. and potential productivity um, to, a, to a pretty high degree. Um, I'm knocking off some sessions now that I, you know, prior to cancer treatment, when I use strength aerobics as an occasional thing, I would kind of limit myself to about 30 sets and I would do either an on the minute sort of strategy or, you know, I wasn't really embracing everything that I think it can provide. What I started to do as I got back into my training was I started to, you know, I did what I could, you know, in my first session. And, and, th and this is going to sound like, I'm, you know, braggadocious and, and uh, whatnot, but you know, like I started back at the 24 kilo. Uh, but for me, that was, that was uh, more than half reduction uh, in, you know, I was used to training with the 48, uh, a little bit with the 56. And so I was doing some pretty heavy training. Yeah. And so for me to start over at the 24, was like, you know, this is, this is the first bell I owned. Like I am um, literally like, this is the first bell I own. You can have it when you pry it from my cold dead fingers. And um, so um, starting back at the 24 and it felt heavy, um, but that progressed pretty quickly. And so now I'm back up um, to doing 50, 60 sets of, of, and that's total, you know, it's 25 or 30 each arm, um, 50, 60 sets of, of uh, whatever strength aerobics or protocol that I choose for that day. And I am very much an intuitive trainer. Um, I, I've joked about this on several podcasts and, and, and I've joked about this for a long time. Nobody sends me programs to experiment with because nope. uh, I know I'm not going to follow them. I'm going to tweak, adjust, change, um, or just not follow the, the program. Um, and, and so that leads to some funny conversations with Pavel and some other folks who are like, didn't you try that? I'm like, come on. You quit sending me programs like five years ago because you know I'm, I'm not going to fall. Um, so I'm, I'm just very intuitive in my training. I literally, and I'm going to train here uh, shortly after we finish the podcast, um, I will sit down with my notebook and I'll think through some options. And there's one that will get me a little fuzzy, like either like, ooh, that's a challenge or yeah, that sounds good. for, And that's what I'll choose for the day. Um, I, I've fielded a bunch of questions on social media where people are like, well, what's your plan? I'm like, <laughs> gotcha. good, good plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do work. Yeah. Um, and that's really about as simple as it, as it gets. Um, and I, and I have, there is a little, and explained in the, in the ebook uh, that I'm working on. Um, but you know, there is a method to the madness basically, but it's a lot of intuitiveness uh, to, to my training. And that's, I just enjoy that more. I, I, um, I don't know. It's just how I roll. I like the intuition a lot better. I got my, my mirror right there with my, my plan on it. And then I recently went through this and mm. it's like almost the opposite. There's a lot of detail and structure. Uh, my, my, my brother from another mother, uh, Fabio Zonin, um, he, uh, he is the analytical scientist. Yes. Um, he is precise. He is detailed. Um, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> ditto and so when when we sit down and talk about training i mean it is i love respect and understand what he's doing uh but for myself i'm just a very intuitive uh intuitive trainer um you know we were talking about some sfl prep and things like that and and i have my strategy which is a little more intuitive 
Um, and he has his strategy and, you know, it was just a funny conversation because we were uh, obviously on opposite sides of this, but, but, you know, um, both paths will get you there. Yes, they will. And identifying which you are and, and how to, how that can help your training is also something I talk about in the, in the ebook. Perfect. Uh, in the ebook, when do you think this will be available? Oh God. Um, sure. <laughs> do you remember the movie, the money pit? I have not seen that. No. Oh, so list. classic Tom Hanks. Um, and, uh, so basically they buy, they get this deal on this house and discover very quickly why they got a deal on it. And so they get this contractor crew to come in and, and the guy, the lead of the contractor crew says, you know, He's like, oh, how long is this going to take? I says, two weeks. Well, this is like a five-year process. It's it's this unbelievable. It, it's and it's funny. So anyway, two weeks. Two weeks. So for it, for those of you that have seen the Money Pit and understand the two weeks reference, um, you it's two weeks, which two means as soon as I can get it done. Fair enough. Well, not to add more pressure, but I'll look for it in about a little over two weeks. <laughs> exactly. We'll get there. We'll get there. Did I hear a made up word earlier? Um, More than likely. I think so. I, I really appreciate about this. The last podcast, Chris and Mike, you brought up a word. Uh, oxymoronics. That was pretty yes. word. Yes. So you have a tendency for this neogelistical word creation. Um, and was it bragalicious or braggadocious that came in there? Uh, something like that. Yeah. I it, I don't even remember half the stuff that I make up. So, and, and that's, it, it's a problem when you're filming because yeah. the, you'll do, well, let's run that again. And I'm like, well, it's coming out different. Yeah. We're winging it. <laughs> I hear Not you. sure what, what I said last time, but we'll, we'll do it again. Uh, this one might be better. Yeah, who knows? I love that. Uh, that's funny. I, I do a lot of YouTube videos for the gear reviews with engagement and I don't mm. have a script. People are like, do you have a script? I'm like, no, I don't have a script. I'm just winging it. That's yeah, 80% correct. It's good enough. Right. Yeah. I, I have this thing. I like this thing. Do you yeah. want to know about this thing? Here's a thing. It's good, guys. <laughs> as much as it costs, here's a link. Enjoy. I'm going to go walk my dog. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I try to be – now, I, I, on the flip side of this, I'm also actually very good at outlining for like a video shoot that uses a teleprompter and, and things like that. So I, I, can, I can go either direction that, that, that you want to go. Um, but from like a teaching standpoint, um, let's have fun. Yes. It comes through, right? Yeah. It's fun. I, I, the, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, if I'm not laughing, I'm not learning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, certainly I suffer through some continuing ed for like my athletic training cert and things like that. And, and, you know, I'm always, uh, I don't judge people, but boy, I judge presenters and, um, <laughs> So, you know, I'm always, uh, in, engage me, like make me laugh, get, get me, get me involved. Even if it's virtual, mm -hmm. um, you still got to be able to, to do that. Absolutely. That's great advice. Um, and one of my tools to, to entertain people is my wife will often demonstrate for the group classes like this afternoon and she'll come in here and there's some banter, the dogs show up and making it fun because why not? Why not make it fun? It could still be educational, helpful and serve their needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, still just talking about swinging weights around, right? Oh yeah. Like in the end, we're, we're still just, I, I had a baseball coach uh, on the, on the 
MLB level who said, I'm pretty sure today we're going to throw a ball, we're going to catch a ball, and we're going to try to hit a ball. So let's go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's like classic John Madden. I think whoever puts the most points on the board is going to win the game. Oh, I, I can't think of John Madden without thinking of John uh, or uh, Frank Caliendo, um, who does a brutal uh, Madden impersonation. Um, Madden does not like Frank Caliendo's impersonation of him, but Caliendo might be one of the most talented impersonationists. There's another made up word uh, around. Um, he's, he's amazing. Uh, there's a special on, I think it's an t- old TBS special that you can find. Um, and he's literally switching characters like every second or third word. Um, and it's, and he physically changes uh, in, in his mannerisms and how he acts every second or third word in, in this diatribe. And it, it's, it's amazing. I'll look into that. And I think <clears throat> it's, it's just, you know, a uh, stray topic, but uh, I think uh, there, there's a, there's a book called uh, Plato and a platypus walk into a bar. And it's uh, philosophy and comedy um, and how those two things uh, mix. Um, Groucho Marx, actually a, a great example. And I, I, I paraphrase and use this all the time when I teach. Uh, Groucho had a joke where he said, these are my principles. If you don't like them, I have others. <laughs> and, you know, I always joke that, you know, these are my opinions. If you don't like them, I have others. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I so, that. That's a- that kind of philosophy comedy sort of uh, sort of blend, um, and and I think from a presentation standpoint, you know, studying studying comedy, studying comedians, um, very valuable um, for timing, intonation. You know, humor mm-hmm. humor is a funny thing. Um, there are, and we all have met them, and we have them in our families. Uh, people who think they're funny, and they're not. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to try to use humor as a, as a teacher, as a presenter, as a, you know, make, make sure you're actually funny. Yeah. Practice. Your uh, yeah. Before you, before you do that. Uh, that's good advice. Well, uh, you've given me a lot of, uh, neogistical awesome words. I, I have one that you might enjoy and feel free to use it as much as you want to froke as in past, past tense of freak out. You froke out last night. I, I'm in. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I've been saying for like two decades. I'm in. I, I have froke uh, many times before. Heck yeah. <laughs> <happen> again. <laughs> or I guess that would be froked. I fr- you froked out. <laughs> Freaked, froked out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you give me five at least, maybe more in the conversation. So I owe you at least one. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, this is this is great. I look forward to your book in two to f- two weeks to five years. Uh, Correct. <laughs> straight. <laughs> um, and then your uh, class in May, I will put a link to that. That is a fundamentals course. Too strong course. Uh, we're calling it foundations. Foundations. Gotcha. Is it a one day or two day? It's a one day. It's a it's a kind of like a, a very a small little buffet of what we do within Strong First. So you're going to get a little body weight, a little barbell, a little kettlebell, oh. and you're going to get just kind of a little sampling, and uh, but yet still very transferable skills and things that will enhance uh, anybody's practice. Uh, but it gives you that opportunity to come in, sample a yeah. little bit, uh, take away some knowledge that you can apply in various areas, and then uh, come back for more. Oh, and they will. I- I've been through each of the, the SFB, SFL, and SFG, and they're all very applicable. And it's so cool you guys are combining the, uh, 
simple or a, a bit of them in each in one day course. That's really a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Fabio. Fabio. Got to, got to, got to throw him a, a, a little uh, plug there. He, he's uh, the guy that uh, kind of said, we should do this. I was like, brilliant. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'll pull into that below. And where can people find you, Brett? Um, strongfirst.com. Um, what, what is my Insta? Uh, Brett Jones SFG, I yeah. think is the, I, I don't even know. Uh, just <laughs> Brett, Brett Jones on Facebook or Applied Strength uh, on Facebook. And uh, I have a Twitter account. I don't use it. I should probably change that. Yeah. Um, I know I have one, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I feel like tweeting, I would have to come up with something meaningful to say on a regular basis. And I don't, that just feels weird. Like I'm trying to pontificate on a regular basis. And uh, I, I don't have many pontifications that would be uh, beyond do the work, yeah. take the next step. Like it's, it would be, they'd be pretty short tweets. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're really good at the short answer. I love your replies on social media. It's excellent. Uh, it's like one word answer. It's like, and there's, this is a very good concept. I hope everybody grasps. My uncle says, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Like, simple, right to the point, nothing more needed. And then, yeah. I'm going to have to look it up, but there are, there was a, um, couple of um, the classic authors who were um, pontificating on the idea of uh, simplicity yeah. and reducing. And so um, one of them had, had uh, put out there, you know, simplify, simplify. And the other author came back with one simplify would have sufficed. <laughs> Too shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think that, uh, you know, the, and this, in reference to putting a project out there like a, an ebook or something like that, which I've threatened to do for many years and, and never, uh, never pulled the trigger on. Um, there are times where I feel like I can say something in such a short manner that it's not worth putting down uh, in, into some, a project like this. Um, a, I have to get over that. And, and B, yes, you can pull that and expand it a bit. And so I, I think that um, if I recognize that for myself uh, from a work and productivity standpoint, and there's probably people listening who have hesitated on various projects because they feel like they can, it's not worthwhile or they can't pull it out into something. Oh, sure. Give it a try. Exactly. And I can attest to this too. I wrote, I have a book right there I wrote uh, and it, it's not the best book, but it's the only book on splitboarding. And it's huh? number one, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. And like you, it, it was an ebook um, and has a lot of uh, YouTube videos and links to go other places and it's fun, but it's not the world's best book, but again, just get it done. Just start, get it done. I know a lot of great people have great ideas and they just keep punting the ball further and further down the field and never start. But, but you also write great articles too. Like you have an a, abundance of amazing stuff out there. It's, it's funny, and I, I, this will, again, sound perhaps braggadocious, but uh, there are a lot of times when I answer a question on social media that I just link to an article that I've written on. Why not? Yeah. Um, because, I, oh, yeah, we talked about that. 
here it is. Um, and, and I think that uh, I, and this is something I battle from a social media standpoint, from a, from a productivity standpoint. And um, I've already said it. So it, it's, it, it's hard to say it again. Yeah. Uh, but everybody didn't hear it the first time. <laughs> and there's somebody that's new to this who needs to hear that for the first time. And so that, that willingness to, at a certain point, be repetitive, but at, at another point, just provide the information that people need um, is something that I'm still working on as a, as a professional. Well, it's very humble of you to say that. But there's a big takeaway, though, is you can create content that's evergreen, right? You can repurpose it and reuse it because it was so good and it's so effective. You can just link to it. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. I, I, every day I create new content. I'm like, I think I did that three years ago. Why do I, but you know, things get better. Techniques get better. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Brett, this has been an absolute blast. You've given me over an hour of your time. Is there anything you want to leave uh, the listeners and viewers with? Um, actually you made me think of something. Um, Stephen Pressfield, uh, who is a fantastic author. If you've never read any of, uh, Pressfield's books, um, he tended to write more historical narratives. Um, so he has a book called Gates of Fire, um, which is about the bottom, the Battle of the 300, the, the Battle of Thermopylae. So if you want to step away from the, um, the graphic novel version and read a, a we'll say, truer uh, historical narrative on, on that um, fantastic book, uh, Tides of War, about the Peloponnesian War, um, books on uh, the Afghan campaign. And, and um, um, yeah, so yeah, lots of lots of great books. But he also has a book called The Art of uh, the War of Art. Oh. And it's uh, it's it's about creativity and work. And uh, so that that's a good one you made me made me think of that I need to go back and, and take a peek at um, things to leave people with. Have fun. Yeah. Take the next step. Ooh. Do work. <laughs> I love it. Have fun. Take the next step and do work. That's great. I love it. Last last it was uh, you live till you die from your grandmother. Yes. Yes. And that's also fun. um still a still a profound one that knocks around in my brain quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Well, Brett, it is always a joy. You have a lot of wisdom and you improve a lot of people's lives. So thank you for all that you do. We all appreciate it. Thank you. It's. Uh, humbling and, and honored uh, to hear that. And um, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, that's, we're all, we're all battling things that nobody else knows about. And uh, 100%. Have fun. Take the next step. Do the work. Yes. Couldn't say better. On that note, until next time, Brett. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And Gamer.com viewers, listeners, YouTube subscribers. This was Brett Jones. I have all the links below for all the Great resources you provided in the books at the end there too. Until next time, take care.